Welcome to episode 214 of the Thunder Underground podcast. Trent and Jason here. And this week, we've got Ricky Brooks, the bass player for the Nixons. How awesome is that? When we started this, the Nixons was, we wanted to get somebody from the Nixons on this thing. Yeah. And we did it. 213 episodes later. All the Oklahoma love, man. (laughs) That's right. Very glad that not only that they got back together, but we got to talk to one of them here for quite a quite a while. Of course. A good chat that's going to be coming up here in just a bit. We've got a few things to talk about, though, before then. Mm-hmm. Before we get into the sponsor stuff and the other stuff we want to talk about, we need to throw a shout out to our good friend. Not only one of our good friends, but a band member of Jason here in Zen Hipster. Yes. Josh Baker was recently in a pretty bad accident. And he's currently in a hospital in ICU. We do believe he's going to make a full recovery just because that's what we decide to believe. That's right. He is doing good. You know, as good as could be in this situation. And we have a benefit set up on April 7th at the Shrine. There's another benefit at Fuel 66 on March 24th that the food truck community is putting on. And there's also a GoFundMe page set up that you will be able to find on our Facebook page. Of course. Many of you know Josh if you're from this area. And if you don't, like I said, he's the drummer for Zen Hipster. And he runs the Bachelor Table food truck. All our love to him, which we would say even if he wasn't in this situation, right? Definitely. Um, This guy's like a brother to me. Um, You know, I met him when he was 16 and I was 18 or 19. Um, you know, he's the drummer of the only band I've ever been in, uh, and he's, uh, helped me through a million tough times, um, emotionally, uh, you know, uh, financially, he's done so much for me over the years. And, uh, you know, but before anything, I just want, I just want, want my bro back and I want him to make a full recovery and I believe he will. Progress is good. So, um, you know, all our love to Josh. And, uh, you know, like Trent said, there's a GoFundMe. There's some benefits in the works. Um, You know, uh, the food truck community loves Josh. The music community in Tulsa loves Josh. Um, And, uh, you know, we're all going to get through this. And it's, it's, and it's, uh, you know, it's tough, but we're going to do it. Yeah. So be on the lookout for that. We'll be talking about here in the next couple episodes as well as we get closer to these benefits here in the next few weeks so yeah much love to josh baker exactly all right we are sponsored as always by deb concerts and med farm db concerts promoter here based in tulsa that keeps bringing some kick-ass rock and roll to the ideal ballroom bands such as saxon warrant winger striper bisto blanco jack russell's great white lita ford a huge long list, and now they are bringing Snoop Dogg to the BOK Center along with Nelly and Chromio. Snoop Lion, I mean <laughs> Snoop Dogg. Sorry, <laughs> I don't know if he'll do any of those Snoop Lion reggae songs. Who knows? Who knows? Maybe that's part of a set. I don't really know. But get out to the BOK on April twelfth to find out. This that's has right. been co-promoted by DEB Concerts. They've stepped up to the arena game. And like Jason mentioned the last couple of weeks, we're really proud to see that because this is a great group of people and we're very glad to be 
you know, associated with them in the, the little way that we are. Definitely. I mean, you know, it is, is hip hop really our thing? No, but you know, it is our thing. DEB concerts. That's right. So we're going to fucking promote the hell out of this. Yeah. DEB concerts also booked all the bands for the DMB processing stage at Rocklahoma this year. Yes. That's taking place May 24th, 25th, and 26th out in Prior, like it always does. And the DMB processing stage will feature acts like Slaughter at the pre party. It'll also feature Strutter, one of the National Kiss tribute bands, Bisto Blanco, Ace, Effin Freely, by God, Lita Ford, and then a host of Bands from this region of the country like Solidify, The Normandies, Grind, Doxy, Dead Metal Society, Rocket Science, Down for Five. I know I'm forgetting some. And of course, Zen Hipster, who we've already mentioned. Of course. Many more. Get on rocklahoma.com and check that out. DEB Concerts is bringing some badass rock and roll to the, the Roadhouse area of Rocklahoma this year. So we're very excited and looking forward to that. All right, Med Farm is a new dispensary in the Broken Arrow area. They're located at 24683 East Highway 51. That's when you're driving between Broken Arrow and Coweta. You won't miss them. They have a huge selection. Great people. They've got a doctor in there every Friday and Saturday from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. if you need to get your medical card, you can go in there and do that. And then once you do that, go back in there and say, hey, Thunder Underground sent me. And they will give you 10% off the first order, which is very cool. And when you spend money there, 30% of that money is going towards helping build no-kill animal shelters in this area of Oklahoma. That's the clincher, bro. That is. It is. That is very cool. So once again, check out MedFarm. You can find them at Facebook. That's P-H-A-R-M. You can find them on Instagram at MedFarmOK. A couple things before we get into the Ricky Brooks interview. Okay. Is we are Tulsa Music Awards just yeah. happened. Yes. You know, we got out there and got to see this event. And I just got to, you know, we, we knew. But I just got to say now that it's passed and it's happened, you got to hand this to... To Roger oh, man. Sego and Ryan Paquette and Kelly Kidd and everybody involved. This they was did one an amazing an job. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this was, this is what you would hope for if you're going to an award show. Oh, yeah. I mean, everything was well put together, extremely high end. And I'm just, like we've said leading up to this, proud, you know, of this, this music scene and where we're at now. And you didn't. I mean, like we talked about before last, and when we had Roger on here a few weeks ago, I think, you know, the Spot Awards was kind of the last time there was something in this vein. Yeah. At this level, at least. Exactly. So it's really cool to to see where it's, you know, where it's at already in its second year in the Ideal Ballroom, who we mention every week. Yes. Because we've seen a ton of shows there with DEB concerts. Is a fantastic venue. Tom Green you know, runs one of the best venues in town and he's got three venues there with the Enzo and the Unicorn Club and they just took over the whole joint for the We Are Tulsa Music Awards. 
you know, I couldn't be happier with the way this thing turned out. Yeah. I mean, it was a great vibe, everybody together hanging out and, you know, seeing and being seen. And, um, you know, like you mentioned the unicorn club and Enzo's, I liked how it was all connected and you could go float between this place and that place. And, um, and, you know, West and Horn was amazing. The, the Normandies were amazing. Um, so it was, it was just a great fucking night. It really was. Yeah. I loved, and when the war when the Normandies won for best punk band, when Pete Webb <laughs> made the comment about how I'm trying to even, I, I had it in my head, but you know, he mentioned that, you know, we started this and something, something, and then half the band left and joined Weston Horn in a hush. So, <laughs> but of course, both those bands performed, like you said, and put on excellent shows. Scream Red Mutiny, it was great to see them. Yes. And what will be their second to last show. Exactly. Their final show will be at Rocklahoma at the Proven Ground stage. So yeah, and a big congrats to them and everybody that won awards. And there you go. No comment on the Tulsa voice, even though I just said it out loud. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> well, it's okay. They won't have a comment either. They ain't listening. No, they're not no. listening and they don't give a fuck. So yeah. whatever. Yeah. I just, I don't care at all. I'm just, hell, fuck it. Let's talk about it. I don't care at all that. Yeah. We didn't win. You know, it would have been cool if LaDonna won or if Radio IDL won, but it's yeah. just, and it's cool that Tulsa Voice won because this is a great fucking publication. I've read it many times, you know, we've been in it, you know, from yeah. some stories and stuff and, but it, it just, I just think it's shitty that it, a magazine that is based off the Tulsa area is just completely ignoring this thing. Yeah. And it's proven in its second year, like that it is something that should not be ignored, you know, and that's just what exactly. bugs the fuck out of me. I'm completely fine with them winning if they yeah. would just acknowledge the damn thing and show up. You know? Yeah, exactly. I, I don't, you know, I don't need an award. I mean, it would have been great. Don't get me wrong. Um, but you know, I don't do this for that. Um, you know, I, I do this to, for the love of rock and roll, for the love of rock and roll. You know, I do, I do this for, you know, as corny as it sounds, the love of music and, you know, to get to meet people and talk to these people, uh, I am fucking weird and introverted and shy and shit. So this puts me out there and it gets me to meet people. I think that's, that's great. Right. And I, I, I love all the bands that I've got to meet and, you know, the idols I've gotten to meet and all, all, all the places that has taken us. But, and this is no bullshit, but the most important thing is the focus on the Tulsa bands. Right. And the focus on, you know, the old guard and, you know, um, that, that we, that inspired us to do this, you know, um, like what we're, I think we're probably going to talk about in a minute, Bunnies of Doom. And right. so, I mean, <clears throat> that's the most important thing. That's what we can't forget about, um, is the Tulsa bands and the Tulsa scene. And, you know, this publication just kind of, I don't know, they fucking, they just kind of took a nap on it. So, you know, whatever. I don't know. <laughs> but another thing I wanted to say was, you know, in that 25% chance that we did get up there, mm. one of the things I was going to say was that the Tulsa music scene is going to miss Porch Talk. You know, because I do believe they should have been in the finals of that. Yes. And rightfully probably should have won this thing the last two years because I think so. They're That's the best the, representation yes. in, in my opinion of what we are Tulsa music is. Exactly. They are exclusively uh told you know, local and regional bands. We kinda, you know, 
we fucking, you know, we'll talk about the goddamn new Camelot record or, you know, we'll have some guy from Crowbar on or whatever. These guys every week are going to get something Tulsa based, something local, something regional. And, um, they really embody that. And, um, they've deserved this award the last two years, I believe. Yeah. So they recently decided to, to hang it up for the time being. So much love to them and you will be missed. Yes, definitely. But like you mentioned, the the old guard, so to speak, after the Tulsa Music Awards, we made our way over to the Shrine where the Bunnies of Doom reunion show was going on. Okay. And there was four bands, but we got there in time for the two final two. Yes. The Shame and Bunnies of Doom. Exactly. And if you listened last week, hopefully, you heard Dave Cantrell and Stacey Lane on here talking all about their reunion. And then, if you're listening next week, hopefully, you'll hear Chad Malone of The Shame talking all about that. Yes, exactly. So, we've seen The Shame many times and always talked about how great they are. And that's another thing. How the fuck were these guys not a finalist for the Punk Award? Exactly. That's another... It's like, what the... I don't know. I understand what the fuck... To me, when I think of Punk in Tulsa, I think of The Shame and The Normandies. Yes. No offense to anyone else. I know there's other great punk bands around here. I've seen them, but that's just the first thing that comes to mind. Like when you mention thrash metal, you think Megadeth, Metallica, Anthrax, whatever. Yeah. That's just what I think of when yeah. I think of Tulsa punk and it's exactly. current, you know? So anyway. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I think the shame put on, uh, it was just, a, um, I mean, it was tight as a drum. It was a sing along raucous good time. Um, it was just all, you know, I've seen them a few times and it just never disappoints. I mean, they were on point and it was such a, it was just a fierce display. Right. I believe. And, um, you know, it was, it was great. I mean, I, I've, you know, I've seen that band, uh, at the Mercury and I've seen them, you know, in a basement at some house in downtown Tulsa. That's and, right. I, and didn't, I didn't see that one. I'd just like to bring it up because, you know, <laughs> as an old rock guy, I think it's cool that I went to a house punk show. Yeah. But really, it's just, you know, I'm, I don't know, I'm name dropping or whatever. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> right. Fuck me, you know, but it, it's just, um, there's a, there's just a intensity that comes across with this band that, you know, is hard to match. And yep. just, I mean, I, I was just, you know, I didn't, when they were on stage, I didn't, my, my head didn't move. I didn't go get another beer. I didn't move. I did. I just, my eyes were fixed on all four of those guys. Yeah. And <clears throat> on the subject of Chad Malone, this weekend, St. Patrick's Day weekend. Yes. His other band or one of his other bands, Larkin, will be performing four days in a row, basically. Yep. This Thursday, they are playing at Riley's Liquor in the Boxyard. Just three of them acoustic. And then Friday night, they're at Kilkenny's. No, hold it. Sorry. They're at Mercury Lounge yes. Friday night. Saturday uh, is Kilkenny's. Yeah. Saturday's an acoustic full band performance at Kilkenny's. And then Sunday night, the capper at Arnie's will be an all night yes. show as they always do. So, yeah, we'll hear more about that next week. But we want to tell you now because by the time Chad's on here, that'll have already happened. Yeah, but get out and see one of those shows for yeah. sure. Yeah, you've got four chances, so you can't really miss it. And Larkin, I mean, these are amazing musicians and a great funk, funk, <laughs> folk band from this area that's got 
that's you know amped up. You were trying to say fun and folk at the same time. It must have been, I guess. <laughs> you folked up. <laughs> yeah. God up. damn it! I couldn't help You're it. I'm sorry. Up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so bunnies of doom. Yes. First time, obviously, we've since well, I guess anybody's seen them in forever. It's been the nineties, so it was really cool to to be able to see. It's really the first time, I guess, I've seen Dave Cantrell actually since back then, because I know he's done some stuff with Bozak here or there, but I haven't seen it. Yeah, I saw Bozak a lot when they were out and doing it. No, I meant recently. But re- no, I didn't get to see, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, recently, this is, uh, yeah. This is the first time we've seen him in quite a while on stage. So, really cool to see this band get back together and, and do this, you know, because like you mentioned, they're one of the bands that kind of inspired us to... Do something, you know. I mean, you you joined a band. I fucking talk about the bands. Yeah, <laughs> whatever you want to call it. Yeah, I mean, there were the, you know, I remember it was me and you. Uh, we went to the eclipse and we saw Bunnies of Doom was like one of the first ones. And you know, Stacy's back there just being all cool. Dave Cantrell's going nuts. I mean, it was a uh, it was a very uh, memory that sticks out with me. And um, to see it again was great. I thought I thought they sounded good. I mean, you know, for what that they in the interview. Uh, they were like, yeah, you know, we're not going to have a lot of practice time. You know, these guys are getting in from out of town or whatever. But, man, it was just like you couldn't tell. It was so good. Yeah. I mean, they were on. Um, so, you know, yeah. I, I was – my only regret is, you know, uh, Mel and I were fading fast. It had been a long fucking day. Um, we stayed for most of it, but, you know, uh, I know you saw the whole complete thing. Right. So, you know, but yeah, I mean, it was just, it was fucking great. Yeah. I'll, I mean, we've spoke on Stacy many times about how great this guy is as a guitarist. And yeah. to see, you know, Jason Ferguson back in, Pete, you know, both those guys are fantastic musicians. And I'm in that interview last week, you know, Dave Cantrell mentioned that he always felt like he was trying to sing over three guys that were soloing at once. Yeah. And I mean, you don't, as a fan, you don't really, because when you hear that, it almost sounds like it's just a disc combobulated mess but it it sounds it sounds fucking great it but, works but it makes sense too because yeah. it's three guys it, it, totally it's a going, badass discombobulated yes yeah, three guys totally going off yeah but you know in a controlled in a controlled chaos exactly. kind of way you know? yeah controlled chaos there we go <laughs> yeah it, it was fucking great <laughs> yeah so yeah very happy that that happened and you know maybe it'll happen someday down the line but it probably won't so you fucked up if you weren't there yeah if you missed it i don't know what you i don't know <laughs> but there should be, there was a, like he talked about, they were filming it and then I saw them filming it while we were there. So you should be able to see something here in the coming weeks of it. Exactly. All right. Is there anything else we need to talk about before we say the Nixons? Uh, let's get into this Nixon stuff, man. All right. They are, as we talked about here and as we've talked about, you know, several times on the podcast, they've been back together now for over two years or no, almost two years. It was. I think their first show back was like May or June in 2017. We're coming up on that two-year mark, and it's very cool because, you know, it's something that they were kind of spread out around the country now because, you know, Zach lives in Nashville. Ricky lives in Utah. Yeah. And then you've got Jesse and John live here, but then John's touring the world with Seether. Seether, yeah, he's everywhere. So it's kind of... Something that I just didn't expect to happen unless if they did it with maybe a different drummer if it did happen. Mm-hmm. But it's cool to hear while well, you're here coming up that, you know, John was kind of a 
big part in making this happen. Yeah. So I'm really glad that, you know, just from a fan's perspective that it has happened because this is just one of those bands that never really got the, they got the accolades here in this area because they're from here. But I think on a grander scale, they never got exactly what they should have. Yeah, opinion. I know. And, and I'm glad they got back the, their original four. Right. Um, because, you know, they're, um, you know, their EP and then FOMA for me was so important, you know, because they were, it was modern and it had alternative, but it was also heavy and fiery and, and, you know, it was dangerous. And that really connected with me and the fact that they were from Oklahoma, all four of them, that really, really goddamn motherfucking connected with me, you know, and inspired me. Um, so, for the 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 core the original four to be together doing this is awesome. Yeah. Yeah, and if you miss the fact that they re-released Halo here this past year. Halo, yes. Um that's what I was trying to yeah. for I guess it was the 25th anniversary maybe last year or the year before. Okay. And you know they re-released it on vinyl, which is really cool. And then like you said they had FOMA of course, which was the the major label debut, and then they had the EP six before, yeah, Halo. But yeah, so really glad, like we said at the at the top of this, that we finally got a member of the Nixons on here. That's right. So let's get into it. Here's Ricky Brooks, bass player of the Nixons. doing this show uh, in Hera on the 15th right? with uh, J- Junebug Spade and the Tits um, from uh, Wichita. And Jesse m- mentioned, well, they're kind of metal guys. You'd probably be able to talk their language. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> nice, nice. Since you guys have reformed, you've played several shows in Oklahoma, some in Texas. Have you guys had any thoughts about branching out and doing shows in other parts of the country, or you just kind of stick into this area? Well, you know, uh, touring, you have to be able to, it has to be something that's sustainable. And uh, our pockets of uh, where, where our following seems to be are the strongest places are in Texas, Texas by far. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have, we have these weird little uh, places like up in the East, like in Chicago and New York, where we, we did pretty well up in there, but it's the in-between places that would be a challenge as far as booking a tour. And I, I feel like we would have to have, you know, some good material, new material, um, to try to do that. And we'd need a double bill. You know, bands now uh, really suffer unless they're on a good double bill. So if we were out with the Toadies or uh, somebody like that, um, we'd probably be up for doing something like that. But we we got a, we had, we would need a new album, album and everything first. And John is in Seether. 
So we're really only able to do this when he's at home, which is almost never. Never. <laughs> yeah. I'll see their see their tours. And when John leaves, he's gone for a year. And uh, yeah, so when, whenever he's back, we we try to do a couple of gigs, try to get together and stuff. Well, when you guys released Song of the Year in 2017, that was the first song that included that classic lineup in well over 20 years. Like, is that something that you personally ever thought you would see happen again? No. No, uh, <laughs> not at all. I I, uh, I had not talked to Zach in probably 17 years. Wow. And, uh, yeah, uh, Jesse... Jesse had tried to get the band together a few times. Uh, he, he called me right before I went to South America, and uh, I had I had actually just broken my wrist. So not only did I not want to do it, I couldn't do it, and I, I couldn't make myself want to do it either. And uh, and then a couple of years ago, when I was living up here in Utah, um, my brother told me, hey, you know, Cedar's going to be in... Uh, in Salt Lake, and you've probably never seen them, which is true. I I quit listening to rock bands altogether. Um, but I went down there to see them. They were out with uh, Nickelback, and I was sitting there on the bus talking to John, and he was like, uh, "Man, we need to we need to do some Nixon's reunion thing." And I was. I was like, no way, man. <laughs> I can't think of anything more embarrassing than uh Well, you know, it's like looking at your high school yearbook. You know, it's not I'm not embarrassed of what we did mm-hmm. at all. I think we did what we did and I think we were pretty good at uh doing what we did, especially live. But um I don't know, going back and I was so it was doing music altogether was so far away from uh, what I thought about ever. I hadn't touched a stringed instrument in at least 12 years. Wow. But yeah, yeah, I quit listening to rock bands altogether. I just, I worked on vintage motorcycles and, and then I took long motorcycle trips. Like South America was about a year and I went up, uh, up to Alaska four or five times. And that was pretty much it. Yeah. So, totally lost interest in rock bands. <laughs> so, um, is that, was that kind of the, you and, um, you and John kind of meeting up and was that kind of the, the, the initiation of the reunion or how did that, that all come about? Yeah. That kind of, uh, planted the seed, you know, yeah. it was the first time that I'd ever actually, thought about it. it it was really flattering that he would even like you know think that way of me you know because i didn't think of myself that way at all i was just you know guy that rides a motorcycle i didn't mm-hmm. think of myself as somebody that gets in front of people and you know strums away on strings and jumps around and yeah anyway i yeah and then about uh, a couple of years later jesse called me and I was just like, no, man, no, no, no. You know how much work that is? <laughs> and it was. It was a lot of work, you know. 
It really was a lot of work to, to be able to get to the point to, to where you can perform on a level like guys that play the same 15 songs every night. That is, that is really, really a challenge. Um, but yeah, we, we did that and it was so fun and, you know, it really healed a lot of old wounds and, um, now it's like, I think about it every day. I think about those guys every day. Yeah. Even though I live way up here, um, I talk to Jesse almost every day and I probably hadn't talked to him in eight years. I talk to him almost every day now. So. Well, what was it like the first time the four of you got back together to start rehearsing? Was it, had you planned a lot yeah. like going up to that since you hadn't played? Well, uh, I prepared a lot, you know, it's, it's probably not real cool for me to talk about how, how much work it really was. And you'd, you'd think, you know, it's not that hard because, well, you know, my parts are easy, you know, bass only has four strings, but when you, to, to be able to play on that professional level, it doesn't really matter if it's simplistic. I mean, it's, it's really got to be perfect. But when we did finally uh, to get get together, we were pretty prepared, and um, it was really weird. The very first note, I remember it really distinctly. That very first note that the the four of us played together. Um, it's a l- little embarrassing, but it was kind of emotional. You know that Jesse actually pulled us off to to get us all in the same room together. Was, that was. Pretty cool. And then, of course, when we did play our first gig, um, you know, we did it at the, uh, uh, what's that place in downtown Oklahoma City, the Chevy Event Center, which is kind of a big place. All these people that flew out from New York and Florida and New Orleans and California, there were people that flew out from all over the country just to just to see us do that um it was it was pretty humbling well like i mean you and you and john and jesse had played together after the nixons ended and you were obviously out of the band towards the end of it was it something that they had to talk zach into making that lineup with you back i mean i don't know what your guys relationship is you have to go into that but i just wondered if it's something they like jesse had to make happen well, I don't know uh, what went on in the in the uh, background, you know, that I wasn't involved with those kind of conversations. But I, I do know that the, the probably the biggest wounds were between Zach and I, because um, we were the two that had not spoken at all. See, they uh, they fired me uh, in the nineties. And then Jesse and John left the Nixons and started another band with me. Did you guys, did you know that? Yeah. Yeah. I actually didn't know that until after the fact, but a few years ago I listened to that EP. Yeah. I was, I was trying to manage a band called Owl. And uh, after they fired me, I joined Owl. And of course that didn't really, that didn't really work. The band 
broke up pretty quick. Um, and then Jesse and John started a band with me and the singer from Owl, and that that's what Hover was. Yeah, I think so, I uh, I think I saw you guys with Fuel once. Yeah, yeah, it, it that came was like our second Tulsa. gig. Yeah, that was a, that was our second gig. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, we moved up. You know, we we were on our way. We had a deal with uh, RCA. We went up to New York and got a deal with RCA, and then um, it was right after nine eleven, and and Napster. And bands were getting dropped, and yeah. our our record deal just kind of evaporated. And uh, and our singer he went to Colorado, and John joined uh, he joined South FM first. He went down to Dallas. He joined this band South FM. They were on MCA, and he was only there for a little while. And then he joined Seether, and he just stayed with Seether. Mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I was I was pretty proud of what what Hover was doing, you know. I, I kind of liked that direction at the time what we were doing, but after that, I was just you know no more rock banding for me. <laughs> so <laughs> until until now, you know. Yeah. Now I'm Mr. Rock fan. <laughs> <laughs> You're saying like you didn't play the instrument, you know, the bass for like twelve years. Was that did it feel natural to pick it back up or is it something you had to like coax yourself into doing after you guys talked about doing this? It, it wasn't natural at all. Okay. It was really hard. Yeah. Yeah. It was really, really hard. I had to practice to a metronome all the time. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I learned whole albums of, you know, other music just to work on my timing and uh, just, just, you guys play guitar, right? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I know. You know how knows. different it is when you stand up versus <laughs> when you're sitting down. Oh, totally. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You you got you have to be really good at standing up and playing in the dark. Yeah, because you can't see. It's all those little subtle things that make you that separate a good performer from a good musician. Because you can be a great musician and not be able to perform. <laughs> you got to be able to play in the dark. Yeah. You have to be able to play standing up. You got to be able to play for a long time. You have to be able to play in time and not be able to hear yourself, hear sound bouncing all over the room, sing and play at the same time. It's, it's harder than it looks. Yeah, but yeah. yeah I, I, it was it was very challenging. I, I I never sit down during rehearsal. Yeah. That's like a rule. <laughs> yeah. Well, you sent us this unreleased Nixon song, and I know you guys have posted pictures in the last couple months of working in the studio. So are we is there an EP or an album possible coming, or is it just one song for now, or what's the deal? Well, we work on music um, up here in, in Utah. Um I'll like record some riffs and then I'll, I'll kind of try to put them together and send them to uh, John. And if it sounds like it's going to turn into a song, then we'll go ahead and cut drums on it and, uh, and try to build a song around it. 
And then when we get together, we'll try to really hammer it out uh, in a rehearsal space. Um, so yeah, if we if we have enough music that we're happy with, I would say look for an EP. Um, but I I couldn't say when because mm-hmm. we have to be pretty happy pretty happy with it. And uh, in, in the old days, you know we we were pretty good at making people uh, hear with their eyes because we toured all the time. We played 300 shows a year. So um, a lot of our our uh, recordings didn't really... Yeah, they, a, lot, a lot of our recording, even though we thought about it a lot, compared to the way we perform live, our recordings were sort of an afterthought. We were just like, we're going to finish that. Okay, let's finish it. Okay, we'll move on. Then we go on the road. So our uh, our live show was much more persuasive than our recordings. And nowadays, you can't really do that. Your recordings have to be so strong. I don't mean the fidelity. I mean, the part writing is so much better now than it than it was in the 90s. You just don't get away with it. You know, I, I really feel like bands are better now than than they were in the 90s. Uh, I think we're, we're kind of living through a time where some of the best rock music is being recorded. People keep saying that uh, uh, rock bands suck now. And I just think they're listening to something other than what I'm listening to. <laughs> right. <then. laughs> yeah, I've always thought that because people always say like, you know, rock's dead or there's not any good stuff out there. I'm like, well, maybe not on the radio, but there's every year there's a shitload of great albums from bands that aren't mainstream coming out, you know? Yeah, I know. The, the whole model has changed. You know, songs are a lot longer because the bands aren't trying to get on the radio. You know, like Paul Bearer, their songs are like twelve or fourteen minutes long. They're great. I, I went to see I, I went to see them and they played like eight songs because they're all long. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the, you can tell those guys aren't trying to get they're not trying to get rich. You know, they're not trying to get on the radio. They're just making great music. And yeah, you're you're right. They they were man, they were so good. Well, I thought that that's was that song you sent us. Oh yeah, crutch or crutch? Yeah, yeah. Um, crutch. I, yeah, I thought that had like a. It sounded a lot like the Foma era stuff, whereas I know like after you were out of the band, those the albums had a little bit different sound to them. Is that your influence? Yeah, you think? Yep. Okay. Yep. Uh, that's uh. Well, I, I think we all really kind of wanted to go back to the uh, southern garage metal thing that we really were from the beginning um you know the sort of punk rock southern garage metal thing that was being kind of half melted and half broken and held together by a giant roll of duct tape which was john humphrey because that we had like a really loose tight thing about our live show that was uh, I couldn't say this one back then, but now when I watch videos, I'm like, that's pretty cool. 
We were we were pretty cool. I was really hard on us back then. <laughs> now I now I look back and I'm like, man, some of it was like really good. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, most people are their own yeah. worst critic, you know. You guys released uh, that that reissue of Halo on vinyl. Is there a chance we might see FOMO done the same way? I don't know. Uh, there's so many of the same songs on uh, FOMO. Yeah, true. And uh, I think the, the band and our core fans really feel a lot more ownership over um, Halo because we did that on... Uh, we did it in a few days on a really low budget in a small studio down in Dallas. And, uh, yeah, I think that's much more the classic. A lot of our early fans like that record better anyway. You know, FOMA was the, it was sort of the classic, um, big record label, um, kind of, Let's, you know, I, I think we overthought it a lot. So I, I don't, I don't think FOMO, probably not. Yeah. Even though I, I, I do like a lot of those songs, uh, and we, we do play them, and we play Sweet Beyond, and, and we play FOMO, and so, so looking back on your initial run in the '90s, what, what stands out the most to you? Oh man. Yeah, you know, one of the things that I like, the, one of my fondest memories about the 90s is being able to play with bands that I like and discovering, you know, I was always the guy that was watching every local band or every opening band, every band that we played with. Yeah. You know, I would go out front and watch the Melvins. I would go out front and watch, you know, we played with Tool. Uh, I would go out front and watch everybody, yeah. you know. I would go out front and watch bands that I didn't like. And there, there were just so many uh, great new bands that didn't have a lot of commercial success, but were so worth seeing back then. Brutal Juice, they were, they were really great. And, you know, just there was oh, Ugly Stick. Do you remember Ugly Stick? I remember they were, they were from Oklahoma, they were from Oklahoma City. And uh, they got signed. They did some touring with um, um, Pantera. And uh, they were just one of those bands that, you know, you just wonder why no one knows who they are. And they were were a lot like uh, Conan. Have you guys listened to Conan? Yes. Yeah, they were kind of like that. Really slow, doomy. Yeah. Anyway, that, that that is one of my fondest, you know, memories of that whole era is being able to see bands that I thought were cool. Did you like I mean, you know, the Nixons are had a you know, a heavy sound, but you weren't like tool heavy or fight heavy. Like when you opened up for bands like that, was it did you ever get weird reactions or were the crowds always cool? You know, that's a good that's a really good question. Wait because, uh, yeah, we would play with bands like the Melvins, and we would play with I Hate God, and, wow. you know. Um, no, man, we, we were really good. <laughs> we were really good at, uh, we were really aggressive, you know. Yeah. Um, and, 
even when we would play, I, I don't know, I think we were pretty persuasive. I don't remember, I remember feeling exactly what, you, what you're talking about. Like, oh man, we're, we're playing with the Melvins tonight. Uh, we're going to get, we're going to get clobbered. But to be honest, that never happened. Uh, the, the only, the only thing I remember where people, uh, maybe didn't like us, at least it, opening is always hard, especially with Slash's Snake Pit or a big band like that. So like the first few songs, you know, they're just kind of standing there with their arms crossed. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we did get some of that with, when we were out with Slash. And we, and we did get some of that when we weren't like the hometown favorite or people didn't know who we were, but I think we were pretty, pretty persuasive. And there was also the fact that that 90s era was, it was sort of an alternative thing. You know, we weren't, it was okay to be, you know, Nirvana. You were still heavy and still, you know, sort of alternative-ish. Yeah. Right. So it, it was a little bit different. It was before Creed and Matchbox 20. It was before what a lot what you're talking about. A lot of the things that we did back then became taboo. Like a lot of bands, if they do something like the things that we were doing then, if they did it now, it would be sort of a little bit taboo. It wasn't really like that back then. Well, you mentioned when you went like 15 years without listening to rock music. Were you, what kind of music were you listening to? None. None at all. Man. Really, you know, I I went to uh, I I used to be in a drum and bugle corps and I played trumpet, soprano bugle, and I went to those music shows and I would go to shows like I don't know, um, you know, Broadway type musicals. I would go see Cats and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> but I I real honestly, um, I I was not interested in rock bands at all. I think through the uh, the early 2000s, I didn't like what I was hearing anyway, and so I was pretty uninterested in it. But the great thing was, uh, you know, when when I started uh, listening to music again, it was because, well, we're going to do this Nixon's thing, and I need to figure out what bands do now. You know, I kind of need to like like listen to stuff. So I started uh, uh, I started turning on these uh, I start opened up YouTube and I just started listening to um, live music festivals, you know, because there would be a whole bunch of bands, and you know I kind of wanted to see what was relevant and what was really going on, and I would hear like Clutch. I was like, wow, man, I remember playing with those guys. They're still they're still doing things and they're really doing really well. Yeah. And so, and that's how I discovered Red Fang. You know, I was sitting there listening to this music and I, I was like, man, this is awesome. What am I listening to? And I look over and it looked like, uh, it looked like the roadies were, <laughs> had, had started their own band. And I was like, this is awesome. So they, they, they became my favorite band because, you know, it was kind of like, well, it's okay to be kind of older guys and 
look like normal guys and like they they literally they're they're like my favorite band now. <laughs> uh, but yeah, just rediscovering rock has been like one of the coolest things. You know, I go to rock shows as often as I can. Yeah, most of the bands that you had mentioned to me were kind of in that same that kind of stoner rock doom metal kind of vein. Is there is that where it's been for you? Or have you listened to stuff outside of that as well? Well, uh, yeah, I, I listen to. Um, I've gone to see a lot of bands that I didn't expect to like. You know, like Death Heaven. Uh, Death Heaven. I didn't think I was really going to like them. Yeah. I just I just thought the guitar work was so incredible that I was just like I'm going to go see these guys because you know, <laughs> but you know I they won me over. I thought they were great. And um, Paul Bearer, I didn't really think I was going to like him. I hardly knew anything about him. You know, I listened to him the day before the the show. I downloaded their their set list, and I was like, okay, I'm going to go see them. And that ended up being one of the one of the best shows. So Stoner Doom, yeah, I I like a lot of it, even though there's a lot of it that's just an awful lot the same. Yeah. Well, I like small venues. I like seeing bands in places that uh, I don't like seeing a band in a place that's bigger than like seven hundred seater. Yeah, they they don't they don't sound as good. You know, if it's in a big place and the members of the band are like the size of your thumb, they're like way <laughs> out there. It's yeah. just not as powerful. Well, you mentioned you're going to Baroness and Def Heaven show, right? coming up yep, yep. Have, have you listened to zeal and ardor they're also who is on, it zeal and ardor they're also on that bill i tell everybody no I, no i i didn't know that they were on that yeah i tell everybody i know about this band because they're like across the, the guy took old negro spirituals and combined them with black metal <laughs> so it's oh, cool it's pretty interesting so check that out before you go Oh yeah, I will. I will. I usually, the day of a, a show, um, I'll I will download their set list and I'll listen to it all day. Um, you know, I I hadn't heard of King Buffalo. Oh yeah. And uh, I've seen them. I'm about to see them for the third time. Wow. You know. Yeah. I. I. Uh, just I. I. I had heard them. You know, in passing, but you know, it didn't really catch my ear until I, you know, I turned them on and then I went and got in the bathtub. <laughs> Some of this music, like, you really have to pay attention to it. It requires more attention, like the old Pink Floyd albums that we listened to. Yeah, you, know, you really had to listen to them quite a few times before you kind of got it. Right. Yeah. I, I I like that. I, I like being challenged a little bit. Elder was like that. I had to listen to Elder over and over before I... Have you guys listened to Elder? I have not. Oh, man. I mean, if you like proggy stuff, I, I couldn't believe that they were playing this stuff, okay? It's, it's incredible. So I, I, I actually bought a flight to Phoenix to see them. Wow. I, had to, I just had to see these guys play this stuff. 
And, uh, yeah, it was, it was incredible. <laughs> yeah, you, I mean, if you want to spend a lot of time listening to music, um, yeah, you might you might like them. We will check them out. Cool. Yeah. I mean, a little bit off subject, when during that time period you said you went to South America, you rode your motorcycle down there. Like, what was that whole experience like for you? Well, it was, it was pretty amazing, you know. Um, I went down to Mexico. I spent a month in Mexico without being able to speak Spanish. I never really knew what I was eating. I didn't know how the currency worked. I didn't know how much money I had. Um, and when I got to Guatemala, I spent five weeks in a Spanish school. I just found a Spanish school and tried to learn how to speak some Spanish. And it... You know, I uh, went to all the way through Central America. It's like a bunch of border crossings through Central America. And then I put my motorcycle on a canoe out and went out to sea and put it on a, a hundred year old steel sailboat. And they, they took me over to Colombia. So I went from Panama to Colombia illegally. They just <laughs> dropped me off in Cartagena on a on a dock in the middle of the big city and went and reported myself to immigration. They were really nice, you know. Uh, Colombia was like super civilized. There's air conditioning and girls working there wearing perfume. It wasn't like Central America where it's, you know, all these Saddam Hussein looking guys carrying machine guns. <laughs> Colombia was like super civilized. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was like a really you know, real growing experience. By the time I got down to Tierra del Fuego, which is at the bottom of South America, it's actually an island. By the time I got down there, I was, uh, I had learned a lot about uh, people and culture and traveling and the language. And um, yeah, it was, a, it was a tremendous growing experience that we definitely don't have time to, talk about but uh, <laughs> <laughs> it, it was pretty amazing you know it, it took me close to a year I traveled with a lot of amazing people you know I was I was in the jungle one day in um, Ecuador I was like riding through the jungle and I, I met this guy that was also riding a motorcycle this guy from Colombia I traveled with him for about a month um, yeah I would just meet people and travel with them for a while, and then I, then I would be alone for a while, and uh, I really never knew where I was going to sleep from one night to the next. But sometimes, if I if I if I went to some small village and I liked it there, I would just stay for a week or two, wow. and <laughs> just walk around the village and meet the local people and eat whatever they eat, and anyway. And that's cool because that, that's the type of thing that people always talk about doing or dreaming about doing. Is that something that you had planned for a while or did you just up and decide to do it on short notice? I, I had uh, I had taken quite a few long motorcycle trips up north. But, you know, that's Canada where they speak English. And, <laughs> yeah. it's uh, People are not af afraid of Canadians. Everybody, we're scared to death of anything that's like south. But really, really, there's no reason to. I never got robbed. No, no one tried to murder me. I saw a lot of people who have never been murdered. 
and went to big cities, you know, where that are full of people who've never been murdered. And, yeah, it was it was a it was a great. Uh, you know, it taught me a lot about humanity. You know, I saw cops in Mexico push people's cars uh, in the, you know, 100-degree heat. You know, I saw, I just saw a lot of um, acts of uh, humanity that uh, changed my worldview. And I wish more people could experience that, but it's probably not uh, practical for everyone. Yeah. I just happened to be single and had just enough money, and um, I had some help uh, financially from my employer. I was doing like this video, uh, uh, this vlog thing for them, so I got some help that way. But I was going to do it anyway. Yeah, you know, you talked about working on bikes up until this reunion. Is that something you're still currently doing? Uh, I'm not doing re restoring motorcycles, but, uh, you know, I still take motorcycle trips, you know, I still have more motorcycles than I need. They're, uh, <laughs> you know, they're big kind of off-roady bikes. I'm really into motorcycle camping, sleep on the ground, catch a fish, you know, cook it and ride some, ride to some other place I've never been. I'm pretty into that whole thing. Well, as far as, you guys have this show coming up on the 15th and then you've got this song like what are the the immediate plans for the next ones you think here in 2019 looking forward well i i think you know we've got this this gig and then we've got one in wichita falls and we have one in uh, in dallas coming up in june and a lot of it depends on john's schedule right. but the plan is to keep you know, working on music, you know, my whole office that, which used to be just be my work office is now like, I have a bunch of guitars on the wall. I, I only had one bass <laughs> with two strings on it, you know, and it hadn't been touched in 15 years. Now I have a bunch of, now I have, you know, rock band shit everywhere. You know, I have drums that I can barely play and I've got, uh, yeah, so we're just going to keep on working on new music and hopefully come up with something that uh, uh, something that is presentable that can stand up to um, what's going on today. Yeah, and, and hopefully have a have a release. Uh, I can't give you a date. Yeah, as soon as we like something, <laughs> we'll release it. <laughs> As soon as, as soon as we like it, <laughs> but it's definitely going to be gar garagey if I have anything to do with it, and <laughs> and it'll be noisy and uh, um, hopefully a lot more fun than uh, I don't know some of the FM rock that you are kind of used to and maybe a little bit tired of. Yeah. <laughs> Were there any bands that I sent you, just, uh, just out of curiosity, were there any bands that I sent you that you hadn't really listened to? Yeah, there was a few on that list that I hadn't heard. I'd have to pull it back up and look, I know. But like I've listened, and, you know. And is there, there, is there any awesome music that you've been listening to that I should listen to? Because you could totally send it to me. I'm like, 
just a fiend for <laughs> new rock bands, especially especially the do it yourself bands. You know, I saw Conan the other day. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, awesome man! You could feel that in your lungs. <laughs> we we really incredible. like a band called Child Bite. I don't know if you've ever heard of them. No, no. Uh, Trilobite. Child Bite. Child Bite. Yes, they're they're. No, kinda... I, have, I haven't heard them, but send it to me on the uh, on the Facebook Messenger, and I will definitely listen to it. Yeah, they're kind of um, they're kind of an avant garde kind of metal all over the place. It's uh, it, it's definitely a do it yourself thing. So, yeah, we'll send that. Oh, to cool. You. Yeah. Yeah, another one of my favorite bands that I, you know, kind of recently discovered, you know, I went I went to see Red Fang. I've seen them three times in the last year. Yeah. Um, but I, I went to see them in Nebraska and uh I saw them with Big Business. I I I'd seen Big Business a couple times too. But um the the first band was uh the guitar player guy that was in Torch. Do you ever listen to Torch? Yeah, I saw them open up for Clutch. Yeah, right. Yeah, that yeah. we saw that. I remember them. Yeah, well, the the guitar player guy, he he now has another band called Dead Now, and okay. I, I saw them. They did a tour with Red Fang. I saw them, and um, and <laughs> I bought one of their. I, I I went to see Red Fang, and I left with a Dead Now T-shirt because it was like the coolest, funniest <laughs> shirt ever. <laughs> but uh, if you listen to their EP, man, just, you know, exercise your neck a little first because you'll definitely wear it out. It's pretty <laughs> rocking. That guitar sound, if you go listen to Dead Now, go listen to that guy's guitars. I, th <laughs> I think he, he works for um, Acorn. I think he builds pedals. Oh, wow. But that is an aggressive sound that I've never heard on anything else. Go listen to Dead Now. You you might like that. Have you heard of a band called Mountain of Smoke? No. They're, it's like a, a band with the guitar player from The Sword. That oh really? Yeah, that he's in now, and I I follow with, with him. So I, I followed their Instagram, but they don't. They're just working on stuff. They might have a clip or something, but they don't really have a whole song to listen to yet. I wondered if you'd heard of them. No, uh, no, but I, you know, I saw them and yeah, I found them here. Yeah. I will definitely look them up. Sweet. I'll definitely listen to them. Yeah. It yeah. looks like they have a couple of videos. Yeah. We, we loved the sword. Yeah. You probably like the earlier stuff. I, I actually, I actually liked, um, uh, the new album. Yeah. The low country. Oh, oh you like low country, or, yeah, or high country? God, I get I get it all mixed up. But <laughs> high country, yeah. That that album was pretty cool to me. I thought. Well, I I like all of it for different reasons. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I feel a little bit lucky because I didn't listen to bands for so long that everything is new to me. Yeah, that has to be like, cool. Yeah, like Mastodon is a new band to me. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> like awesome. <new. laughs> I'm like, man, I gotta listen to this Mastodon band. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I look them up, and they're like, oh man, they've been around for about twelve years. <laughs> <laughs> and then a few bands I've also um, discovered, and then 
like the darkness. You know, one morning I was like, oh man, who's this darkness band? Oh, this is kind of funny. This is pretty awesome. Yeah. This is cool. Oh, oh, they broke up. Yeah. Oh, they're back together. Oh, oh, they they just played in Salt Lake yesterday. Oh man, I just missed them. Wow. So yeah, I mean, I'm like so behind on everything. <laughs> it's all new. So anything post like 2003, we should send you. Is what you're saying? <laughs> well, not everything. Well, no, you but know, I mean. a lot. Yeah, that we think you might like. Yeah, there's, yeah, there's a lot of, uh, you know, I, I, it's not just doomy metal either. You know, I like Russian circles a lot, and I kind of discovered them. But I also went to see uh, the War on Drugs, which is not at all metal anything yeah right and i'm probably gonna go see um uh crap what's that guy's name he was in the war on drugs shoot now i can't uh kurt uh kurt vile i'm probably gonna go see him in the in the next couple days and that's like totally not metal anything at all so it's not just doomy metal it's other stuff too but yeah, I do kind of like over the last year or so, I've just kind of wanted my head crushed. <laughs> oh, I really yeah. want to dance around. I just kind of want to get my head smashed. Yeah. So. yeah. But I should mention uh, the tits. Do you remember the band uh, Lions? They had a song on the, uh, uh, what's that video game that all the kids play? You know, the Guitar Hero. Okay. They had a song on Guitar Hero and uh, um, what's the movie, What's the TV show about uh, motorcycle guys? Oh, God. The Orange County Choppers? Sons of Anarchy. Sons of Anarchy. Oh, first, okay, epi- yeah, yeah, yeah. first episode of the first season of Sons of Anarchy, uh, Lions had a uh, had a song on that. So the, so the tits has some members from from Lions and Black Gasoline and you know they're sort of a super group in a way of cool bands from Kansas and then of course Junebug Spade is from Oklahoma so people should be kind of familiar with them but I'm horrible at promoting shows <laughs> <laughs> not my thing at all but hopefully some people will come out that saw us with Smashing Pumpkins because we were we were just in Tulsa in December. Yeah, yeah I, was at, I was at that show. How was it? Oh, it was great. I mean, I was never... Oh, you saw it? You were there? Yeah. Well, how were we? Oh, yeah. I mean, it sounded great. I mean, I, the Brady always sounds great. And you guys, it didn't sound like anything was lost from from the old days. Well, thanks. <laughs> thanks. <Yeah. laughs> Well, hopefully we'll be at least that good. No, we will. I mean, we we actually get better, you know, every time we play. Every time we play together, we we're a little bit better than the last time. Yeah, it's yeah, hard to pull off when you don't rehearse. Yeah, <laughs> right on, man. Well, we appreciate you taking the time to do this. Oh man, this is no problem. I I hope I gave you something that you can use. Oh, definitely. It's, oh yeah, yeah. This is great. It's really awesome that you let me do this. Yeah, yeah, I mean, we appreciate you reaching out, and it's, you know, it's something that when we started doing this, having someone from the Nixons was always on our list of things to do, so we're glad to finally be able to do it. Yeah, thank you very much. There you go, Ricky Brooks of the Nixons. A huge thank you to him for taking the time out to talk to us there for quite a bit about 
the Nixons getting back together, everything they've got going on. And it was cool to talk to him about other music and the stuff he was doing in between all that, you know? Yeah, just, uh, yeah, that was awesome. Great conversation. Yeah. It's kind of one of those one of those ones you want, you know? Yeah, definitely. Kind of goes all different directions. Yeah, it's always interesting to me whenever, you know, you hate to sit down with someone doing one of these things and, like, just talk, you know, because you know that they want to promote their stuff or yeah. they want to talk about whatever, but you don't want to say, hey, so what's your favorite Iron Maiden song or whatever, you know, yeah, just, yeah. like... Even even though you know that it's, you know, might be a band they like or whatever, yeah. <laughs> because you think, well, maybe they're going to be like, why the fuck's this guy asking about this? But it's yeah. always cool whenever you hear musicians talk about that stuff because exactly. you, don't, you don't always get to hear that, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, huge thanks to, to Ricky again. This Friday night, March 15th, at the State Theater in Harrow, Oklahoma, the Nixons will be headlining that show with June Bug Spade and the Tits. So be sure... And get your ass out there if you can. If you're anywhere in the Oklahoma or Texas area, you need to get out there. I mean, they, they've been doing some shows, like we said, over the last couple of years, but they're still kind of sporadic. You know? mm -hmm. So so any chance you get, you need to get out there and see them. I saw them this past December at the Brady Theater opening up for the Smashing Pumpkins, and I was happy as shit that I did. I bet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, if this is your first time listening Say you found us because you're a fan of the Nixons and you like that 90s that 90s music scene we've had on Kevin Martin of Candlebox. We've had on both members of Local H. We've had on Tommy Victor of Prong. Had on Reed Mullen and Pepper Keenan of Corrosion and Conformity. We had Pepper Keenan on? Did I say that? God damn, I wish. I just fucking love Pepper Keenan, so it's just in my head, it's, I guess. Yeah, you're, just, you're willing it. I get that. We had Mike, Mike Dean and right. Reed Mullen. Which is just on. as great. That's right. <laughs> But yeah, and we've also had on guys from bands like Seven Dust, Kiss, Thin Lizzy. We've had on Damon Johnson from Brother Kane. There's another 90s That's right. band that was around at the same time the Nixons were. Exactly. They toured together, I think. Did they really? Yeah, like when Seas was out, they, they went out with the Nixons. Oh, nice. Pretty sure that was like a tour there for a minute. Well, if we ever get the chance to talk to Damon Johnson again, we should ask him about that. Uh, I I hope we will. I don't know. You never know. You never know. <laughs> but yeah, members of Megadeth, members of, who am I forgetting? Oh, God. About 50,000 bands. Tesla. Clutch, Tesla, fucking uh, The Obsessed. That's right. Crowbar, Insight. Super Joint. Super uh, Joint, fucking I Hate God. Yeah. Uh, You know. Sons of Texas. Sons of Texas. There you go. Saving Abel, your favorite Sa band. Uh, Shine Down. Shine Down. Saving it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not. I ain't gonna fucking drowning don't, pool. Don't try. Don't. I'm not gonna down any band that's been on this. <laughs> I'm, don't try. You're trying to get me to talk shit. I'm not gonna do it. I know. You're stirring the pot, motherfucker. But drowning pool. C.J. Pierce is always a great interview. So yes, check out both we had of those him on twice. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, there's a ton of stuff you can look back through. SoundCloud.com backslash Thunderdash Underground. We're also on iTunes, Google Music, Stitcher, TuneIn, MixCloud. Wherever you listen, be sure to subscribe, like, leave a comment. Anything you do like that helps us because it spreads, you know, other people see it that way. It helps out a lot with the podcast. Another thing that helps out is Patreon, Patreon.com. Just search Thunder Underground. Send us a few bucks. We've also got merch for sale. 
at thethunderunderground.com. We're on all the socials, of course, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. And we're also on every Monday night on 1027wsnr.com at 7 p.m. Central. So I think that that covers it. That, yeah, that yeah. wraps it up. Wouldn't that be cool if someone right now was listening to this podcast while they were driving somewhere between Baton Rouge and New Orleans? My God, we're done, man. I had to make that pun even though our guest did not He wasn't play that even song. on that record. I dude. know. But he plays it live now. I saw it happen okay. in December, well, so I can say that. <laughs> I you, couldn't think of a way to fit like lyrics from Head or FOMA or Fellowship into like a pun, so I had to go with that. You and your puns, man. Hey, you're the one that said folked up. You know what? I do it so seldom I get to, and That's it's right. funny when I do it. I'm forcing oh, them is what shit. you're saying? Did you hear that? Oh, yeah. You're saying, gotcha. that, you're saying I gotcha. that I force them? I, you said it, not <laughs> okay. me. All right. All right. Once again, check out Chad Malone on this podcast next week. Thanks to Ricky Brooks. And until next time. Thunder Underground, y'all.